1: Are you listening? 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 No, my Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you
0: listening? Are you 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 listening? Hello, guys, gals, and non binary pals to the Are You Listening Podcast. I'm Brandt. I'm here with my friend Scott. Scott, we're not going to talk like we haven't been talking for the past 15 minutes, but hello. No, we won't.
1: Hi, how's it going, buddy?
0: Uh, this is the podcast where one of us brings the other an album, and then we both spend that week with it. And then at the end of the week, we re- rejoin here and have a town hall meeting about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the one who had not heard the album decides if they're going to put it on the throne, if they're going to own it, they're going to add it to their collection, if they're going to groan it, and and this this won't get uploaded then we'll just ignore it and pretend it never happened <laughs> have we had somebody say thrown at all um for the other album yeah. like i think the closest would know. be sunset tree did i say throne for that i think the closest would be that but i don't know cuz i know we like most of the albums we bring to each other we throne for ourselves <laughs> so that doesn't <laughs> <Exactly. work out. laughs> yeah. i don't know i don't know i i'm i don't want to run back in my head every episode either cuz then i get upset uh, at what transpired in certain ones but <laughs> <laughs> i know there's definitely a few that were uh, not thrones i think you put you may have put wormwood on the throne of like heaviest record you've ever heard <laughs> i did say that yeah <laughs> so that something. that's something That that that's what? something but today we're here to talk about a one Arch Enemies album, Doomsday Machine. Scott, coming into this, were you familiar at all with Arch Enemy as a band, as a name, anything?
1: I knew a little bit about them. Like, I knew the name, and I knew that they had a female singer or vocalist. Okay. I don't yeah. want to say singer. But I never, like, got into them. I might have seen them play like a mayhem fest or an oz fest or something but honestly i probably would have saw them and left like just not knowing them just not knowing them because there's probably like we we talk about our festival stuff there's probably three other bands playing at the same time that i'd
0: rather see that i knew of there wouldn't have been that little bit of you that would have seen a female just destroying vocals that would have been like i need to I, i might need to look into this
1: Kind of maybe like, I don't know. Like I, I know for a fact that during one of those fests, I saw a straight line stitch perform and they were incredible and her, uh their vocalist, the female vocalist was amazing. I actually went to their merch tent after the set and got them to sign a CD and got a picture with the vocalist. <laughs> yeah. I
0: was that guy. There's a lot of sick female heavy vocals out there, but the, the bummer is that they almost have to be so good to like get that attention. Like they yeah. it's just—it's still, there's still very much the minority in the scene and all that. But I think it was Walls of Jericho that I saw. Which, by the way, Walls of Jericho has had a really weird name ride because when I bought the shirt, it was for the band, and nobody would recognize it at all. Mm-hmm. And now there's a point where people like know Chris Jericho enough that they are like, oh, they think it's a wrestling shirt, which oh, is right. not—it's it, not like super wrong because I also own a lot of wrestling shirts. <laughs> but it's just—it's weird that the shirt went from nobody knowing what it was. To them misidentifying it it's just a weird thing to me right yeah a little bit of my background with arch enemy i probably got this compilation album called metal for the masses i think it was okay and and there was a track on it not from this record but from the record prior to this that was enough that i was i knew the name of the band and i knew i dug what they were doing so then mm-hmm. i eventually went and bought this I think this was a situation where I went and bought the CD and was scared to use the listening station even though I kind of <laughs> knew what was going to happen right but because it wasn't the song I knew like I looked at the album and the track list the title wasn't on there the, the song I knew oh the one from the comp yeah it's like what if what if this is a different band or record I did not want to be <laughs> oh, embarrassed no. yeah. so I just hurry up and checked out and got the hell out of there from there it started a, a journey of I fell in love with the vocalist Obviously, it was just a, it was such a novelty thing at the time that mm-hmm. I didn't see it anywhere. And I was so stoked, which strangely enough, when we get to other albums that came out at this time, there's a weird dynamic between two albums that came out very closely that affected me musically in a very large way, which I didn't know oh, they okay. came out at the same time.
1: That's fun. I, that, I've enjoyed that part of our yeah. podcast, like yeah. seeing what albums came out like at the same time. It's weird. It's been fun looking at that and
0: then being like, Oh shit, did I listen to those both at the same time? That's crazy. Yeah. There, there's a lot of that and it's weird. And yeah. I can also now catch there. We've been doing this enough that I can catch like I kind of know what you may have been listening to that came out new. Like I could see things. Yeah. I'm like, that, that I think that's something he was listening to. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna run you down a little bit. Of backstory of Arch Enemy here, you know, a little of their history, jump in whenever you feel for necessary. Yeah. Arch Enemy is a Swedish melodic death metal band. Really? That is what they are classified as. Okay. I
1: was I was curious about what uh subgenre they were classified as.
0: Arch Enemy formed in nineteen ninety-five in Holmstad, Sweden. I'm probably saying that wrong. I don't speak any of the Nordic languages. That's
1: totally all right. I went to IKEA last night and didn't understand what anything was called.
0: <laughs> <And> Ikea is <laughs> Swedish too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Arch Enemy was originally a super group. Oh. Its members were in bands such as and Here we go. We're going to run the gamut of metal band names because it it just sounds like a kid's folder in 1990. (laughs) Bands such as Carcass, Armageddon, Carnage, Merciful Fate, Spiritual Beggars, The Agonist, Nevermore, and Eucharist. Wow. It just sounds like... Yeah, it uh, sounds like like a folder. Of course, they're all metal names.
1: Like the cover of a binder with
0: logos scribbled. Some of those are like through different time periods like we're not, i'll only loose, loosely touch on like one of those at a, at a later time but mm. either way arch enemy was founded by carcass guitarist michael amet along with johan leva and i apologize if those aren't how those are pronounced either well i think michael amet's right but i apologize to johan leva it's l-i-i-v-a so i'm not sure they were both originally from the death metal band carnage they were joined by michael amet's brother christopher amet to form arch enemy Oh, okay. So then a little side story that I found, which was very interesting to me. After Arch had released their first album, which I'll get to in a second, mm-hmm. they were invited to Japan in 97 to sign a record deal with Toys Factory after the release of that album. Okay. While they were over there, Christopher Ammett, the brother of Michael Ammett, who started the band with started him, band, yeah. he secured a deal for a solo project of his own while they were there. Oh oh, 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 oh. Oh, man. It sounds insane. (laughs) It sounds insane. They're there for Arch Enemy. They get a deal. And And he's like, like, Hey 'Hey guys, while we're here, guys, I just, let me just get some funding for the solo project I got going (laughs) on. And I guess that did turn into a band. Like he, he did. Oh really? Yeah. And by the way, still an arch enemy as far as I know. I think. Oh wow. Okay. So it's, Just a really interesting thing. I I I imagine, though, if it's your brother, you have had to have talked to him about it, right? Because, like, you know. I don't know. The brothers from Every Time I Die don't talk anymore now. Either way, we have Johan Leva and the brothers Amit. They team up with session drummer Daniel Erlandson. Again, I'm sorry if I'm spelling that name wrong. And they released their debut album, Black Earth, in 1996. Okay, so is is the brother the vocalist, then? No, Johan Leva is the vocalist. Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. So then after Black Earth 96, the band went on to release Stigmata in 1998, and then Burning Bridges in 1999. In November 2000, Johan Leva, quote, left the band. Oh, why is that quoted? There's quotes because it's it, there's a, some places say that he was fired, kicked out of the band. Mm. Some places say that he left the band. It's. Okay. It sounds to me, I dug up an interview that he did with Brave Words, bravewords.com in 2015 about a, him reuniting with Archenemy on stage at some festival. Oh, okay. The headline of it said that Michael Amet wanted to change the band's direction and he did the right thing. So it sounds to me... Oh, it was like, amicable then. It sounds like it was. But it was also Michael Amet being like, hey, uh, this is kind of my band. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. In this interview, he said, and I quote, it's totally comfortable, not strange at all, dealing with Angela, who, be- who actually replaced him as the lead singer. This is okay. about him reuniting with them. And he said, I've been in contact with Angela since spring about the arrangements. I told her at one point because I felt like I had to bring it up, that I never had any problems with her replacing me. Of course, in the beginning, I felt really awkward and shocked, but I never really had any problem with it. I don't hold grudges.
1: Right. I, fe- I feel like you'd feel awkward and shocked about being replaced by anybody.
0: <laughs> yes. So,
1: yeah, I, I I don't fault him for that. But that's cool that he was at, at least in contact
0: with her and, you know, made it made it cool. But that was in 2015. Yeah, that was so years later. But it sounded like they may not have talked for 15 years <laughs> because in November 2000, when he, quote, left, that's mm-hmm. when he was replaced by Angela Gosso. Right. The band then, with Gosso, went on to release Wages of Sin in 2001 and Anthems of Rebellion in 2003. And Anthems of Rebellion is actually the one that has the track on it from that compilation. Oh, from that comp you you liked. Yes. And then we have this album we're speaking of today, Doomsday Machine, the band's sixth album and the third with Gosso. The personnel for this album is Angela Gosso on vocals, Michael Ammon on guitars, Christopher Ammon on guitars, Charlie D'Angelo on bass, and Daniel Erlinson on drums. And just some quick nerd stuff in here. Produced by Rickard Bentison. B E N G T I'm sorry. Mixed and mastered by Andy Sheep. This album was released July 26, 2005. Also released on that exact date, July 26, 2005. Okay. We have The Chiodos album. All Is Well That Ends Well, which is absolutely incredible.
1: Uh, Is that the white cover? Yes. With, like, the old dude on it?
0: Yes, like, the he looks like a wizard. He looks like a wizard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that record. I did like that album. Also released July 26, 2005, Jeezy's, known at the time as Young Jeezy, Let's Get It, Thug Motivation 101. Nope,
1: I don't know that one at all.
0: The other album released the exact same day, July 26, 2005. Meaning, and I'm going to say it here, we will be covering this exact date at some point again in the future. Oh, okay. Is Paramore's debut album, All We Know Is Falling. Yep. Never listened to Paramore at all until recently that I listened <laughs> to that one song. That's two, in, in my mind, two giant albums for like my history. And both female-led, you know, both big bands of the time for right. me. And to have them both released, I didn't, I did not know that that's when that Paramore album came out. It that's blew so my mind when yeah, I, saw that's that.
1: I was like, "That's insane!" And that Chiodos record was super good. I'm going to yeah, say it again. That's another
0: because <laughs> that's the one I probably picked up that day. And then also released in July of '05. On July 5th, we have, and I've seen this around everywhere. And this was actually the top-rated album of this month, like from the releases. Oh, okay. Illinois.
1: Oh, Sufjan, Sufjan Stevens, Sufjan Illinois. Stevens, mm-hmm. Illinois.
0: Yeah. Is, have you listened to it? Is it good?
1: Yes, I have. It's very singer songwriter, indie, kind of Andrew Bird, bright eyes ish. But like, Connor it Oberst. seems
0: everybody says it's a masterpiece. And it's, like, it just.
1: So he started a project where he was going to do, going to go to each of the 50 states, record an entire album based off of stories and tales from each state and put them out. So he did Illinois, he did Michigan. I'm trying to remember any other states that he did. I can't remember now.
0: Why did he stop? I think he realized how big of a project it probably is.
1: Because I'm, I'm in damn albums,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm in for that. I like yeah. that whole idea. But yeah. now that now that I know that there aren't going to be fifty, I gotta, don't even want to dive uh, in. That, he's put out
1: records after that that didn't have anything to do with.
0: I like the parameters the of them being of the states. <laughs> I like those parameters. Give me give me a box. Put put the album in a box for me. I'm I'm good to go. Here's one instance of something I know you were listening to at mm-hmm. least very soon after this, if not when it came out. Okay. July twelfth. Two thousand and five, we have the Black Dahlia Murders Mayasma came out. Yep. Totally listened to that. Loved <laughs> I it. I, I saw it, I was like, that there's one. There's one. That you, was a big one for me too. I love okay, that's my one just, album. I was just gonna say you've listened to them, correct? I've listened to that one okay. and then whatever one has green on the cover. That's not a Black Dahlia Murder album. That's an as Blood Rung's black album. Don't okay, worry I was about gonna that. say their last one, Verminous, has green on it. I may listen to their first two then. I don't know. But I have listened to that album, at least. And then on July 19th, another album that came out, All Time Low's The Party Scene.
1: Never listened to All Time Low, I don't think.
0: I think I listened to their first album, just recently. Pop punky, right? Very. They're very pop punky. I think they were like considered one of the big ones for a while, I believe. Oh, really? Okay, I I totally missed that then. But there's a level that like they never broke, like all the bands around them broke this certain level and all time low never quite hit that. I'm sure this could be argued by a bunch of people, but probably all time low fans. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so then coming out of what was coming out that you may be familiar with, I may have been familiar with. Let's go to the Billboard charts for sure. the week of July 30th, 2005. This is going to be wildly different. There's a theme here, kind of, <laughs> that we'll see, at least with the Hot 100. Sure. Uh, at number five, we have the Black Eyed Peas, Don't Funk With My Heart. Yep. Yeah, that was about that time. I couldn't tell you what that song is for million dollars. I know they're huge hits, but not that one. I don't know that one, but I yeah, Black Eyed Peas were big for a for a minute. Number four, we have Don'tcha by the Pussycat Dolls. Yeah, oh and God, the yep. part of that song I didn't remember featuring Buster Rhymes. I do not remember He's on Rhymes here yes i don't remember that at all at number three i think we may have mentioned this song in passing as a joke before oh no it is hollaback girl by gwen stefano oh god terrible (laughs) i hate that song so much at number two we have pondery play by rihanna so i think that's her first big one like i think that's her first big one was pondery play i
1: i I think it's pre-umbrella I was going to say, the only thing I know from her was that Umbrella Ella, 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 Ella,
0: Ella song. Yes. And then at number one of the Hot 100 for July 30, 2005, we have We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. Dude, a whole lot of females dominating everything right now. That, that's top five. Yeah. Like,
1: because Fergie's in Black Eyed Peas. Yep, she is. If you want to argue it, she made that group popular.
0: Oh, 100%. Because they didn't 100%. get
1: big until she
0: joined. Yeah. So Mariah Carey, Rihanna, Gwen Stefani, Pussycat Dolls, and Fergie. Just top five. Insane. And, Insane. and Arch Enemy and Paramore coming out on the same day. <laughs> yes. And then the closest I got to like a quote, like guitar rock, like classic type of rock album on the Billboard was number yeah. 13 with the track You and Me by Lifehouse.
1: I, I, I like Lifehouse.
0: Like they're... <laughs> okay. they're like a guilty pleasure type
1: thing, I guess, but I don't feel guilty about it. I just like I don't care what people know I listen to or don't. But I'd like they're one of those ones that at the time in two thousand five, if I was listening to Lifehouse, it was on the low low. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> blasting out your
0: windows. Nah, I'm not a fan of Lifehouse, but I think we could have all guessed that. Yeah, I would have guessed that. Now that we got the singles out of the way, let's go into the albums here. Top two hundred albums week of July thirty thousand five. At number five, we have the Emancipation of Mimi, Mariah Carey. Number five and number one track, and number one track. Number four, Coldplay's X and Y. Don't know that
1: one. I jumped off the Coldplay track, like train, real quick. I really dug their second album, uh, Rush of Blood to the Head. I think is the name of it. it. Has the scientist on it. Yeah,
0: I've never, I've never heard, never heard a Coldplay album. Like I don't like it enough to bring it to you, but I liked it at the time. That's fair. I feel <laughs> like that's fair. <laughs> at number three, we had "Wanted" the Bow Wow album. Oh lord! Number three, number three album. That's crazy. I think this just shows you where giant pop sensibilities were at the time. It was about it was about making singles and not about making albums. Yeah, that's it's still kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Th- this is where the change I think was happening. This is when the metamorphosis of that was happening. Because at number two, we have already Platinum by Slim Thug. Slim Thug, the number two selling album in the country (laughs) July of five. And I just listened to this recently, it's solid. I like Slim Thug. I'm a Slim Thug fan. Sure, but that's just such a weird
1: like I would never have put Slim Thug at number two at any point in time.
0: Yeah. And then next I'm just gonna blast through number one and then we're gonna talk about number six. Um, The number one was TP3 Reloaded by R. Kelly. Oh, nope. Yeah. So at number six, though, was the album Move Along by the All-American Rejects. Okay. That's the... Uh, that's the Dirty Little Secret, I believe. Yeah, okay. I gotcha. Yep. So they were huge at that point. Dirty Little Secret was a giant song for them. Yeah. We figured out what else came out. We, were, we heard where we're at with the music at the time the at least the big stuff we know we know what's up right. with the billboard charge yeah we were i was not there at all so on july <laughs> 26 2005 arch Enemy's doomsday machine came out it is 11 tracks it is 49 minutes and five seconds scott lay it on me what what's up how'd you feel about this i'm honestly surprised you gave me this record why i got
1: so many thrash metal like Metallica and Megadeth I knew vibes from this. I, knew I was it. like, how is he going to give me this? Like, don't get me wrong. I appreciate it. It's a great yeah. record. I'm going to say it right now. I'll spill it. It's it's a great record. But this is so chock full of solos. Like
0: guitar solos. And yeah. I was like, there's no way he likes this. There's no way. I have a few things that I can rationalize on like, this album versus a Metallica or a Megadeth. It's none of the tracks are nearly as long as the Metallica ones. And not even as far as that, the solos aren't as long. Like right. when there's a, aside from an instrumental track here or there, the solos are two. It has two instrumental tracks. Master of Puppets had one. Yes, but the solos are still shorter to me. They're and it's not just mindless shredding for twenty five minutes. And there's something about it to me, I think, what sounds so spectacular to me is it's clearly two brothers who know how to play guitar very well. Oh, yeah. Just playing with each other, like, the yeah, same lick at times.
1: Just You'll see just that in my notes. When we, when we start going track by track, you'll see it in my notes, the
0: appreciation I have for the guitar work on this album. I think it goes along with my production, because this thing is cleaned up. Like, this thing is... Oh, oh yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty spotless. Like there's no dirt in this thing. It's pretty shiny. If yeah, you know. it is. And, and I think I think I'm figuring out the production style that I like most. And it is just utterly disinfected to a point <laughs> of it just it's it's so shiny it almost makes you sick because that's how that's how clean it looks. Yeah, like you know if you get near it, it's gonna be there's gonna be a wild smell or something. Yeah, so. The first track, when this opened up. Enter the Machine. Enter the Machine. Yeah. What did you expect coming through that? What did you expect into that after that? I didn't know what to expect coming into it. Like, at
1: first, when it started, I didn't know it was instrumental. So I was like, he can't like this. There's got to be vocals (laughs) starting soon. And they have to be super harsh. But it, it, it ran through, and I really liked it. Like, the guitar work was... Amazing. I think I wrote I wrote down face melting guitar work on this one because it was just shredding.
0: And you could probably say that for a lot of these. Oh, tracks, yeah. Face. Melting no. Guitar yeah. Work. It was awesome for me when I did this research to learn that it was made by the carcass guitarist because I had I have just recently gotten into carcass. I've never listened to carcass. And now I kind of want to that. You mentioned that he's part of this band there was something about carcass when i was listening that i was like wow there's something here that like it sounded familiar but there's no way i knew it mm-hmm. was familiar like i was like i've never listened to carcass i know this right. isn't familiar but now i know what it is it it's the the, the guitarist michael annett was playing some of the shit that i loved so much when i was listening to Arch Enemy right. that i hear it in carcass yeah. a little bit even though they're different genres of bands okay
1: would argue. uh second track Taking Back My Soul uh, wrote down as if internal wounds wouldn't bleed, wouldn't hurt me is a really amazing line.
0: What was your first reaction to the vocals before you get into the lyrics?
1: If I hadn't known that it was a female vocalist, I wouldn't have thought anything about it.
0: Yeah, she's unbelievable. She's absolutely unbelievable. I
1: did say the song structure here kind of gives me a Metallica slash Megadeth vibe.
0: The guitar solos rip. But now a lot of what I said about like Metallica when we were doing that is I, how much better to me it would have sounded with a harsh vocal. So knowing that I had only heard the giant Metallica songs and they sounded weak to me, weak, put that in quotes because it's based off of this, which I was listening to before I was listening to Metallica. So it's hard for me to be like, yeah, that's the heaviest thing in the world when I know I'm listening to that. But, With harsh vocals and with like it's just that's where my Yeah no, I totally get it now because musically this album
1: sounds a lot like the thrash from back then.
0: Well, all those bands are so influential. Like it's gonna be we're gonna be hard pressed to go into a metal album post ninety nine. That is not going right. to have some semblance of a Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer yeah. influence. All four of those. Are it just, just, it just cute. surprised me. Was all that's, that's all I want to hear. That's what I'm here for. I, I was just surprised that you gave me this record, <laughs> just musically. Unless I'm yeah. wrong, I, I'm I'm remembering. I think the album before this one, "Anthems mm-hmm. of Rebellion," is is not as soaring okay. as yeah. this one. Like it's not as it doesn't feel as okay. flighty. Like maybe there's less, less solos or something. And and I knew that that might be more of an indication of who Arch Enemy is as a whole, at least for most Uh of their career. But this album is one that I had the most history with. This is one I bought on CD. This is one I spent many hours listening to on a supposedly anti-skip CD (laughs) player in my pocket. They all were and they never were. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I i still love this album and while i was listening to it i was like yeah he's gonna call me out on this he's gonna call me out on this he's gonna call me out on this but it didn't take away my oh no i still uh, yeah no
1: I, I wouldn't think to to take anything away from you with this record
0: yeah it's the brothers together it's so it's clean. just that surprised me a bit if i get a surprise that's all i care about i'll even take i'll take groans all day if i get oh, no, a it's not it's it- Like I said already, this is a great (laughs) album.
1: Next up, Nemesis. The solos in this track remind me so much of Euthanasia. I love the tempo switch-ups in this song. Uh, Her voice is killer. That little quiet break toward the end where the drums slowly come in is such a great moment. What is that weird noise at the end?
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't know what the weird noise is either. This is the track that I would play for people To show them who Angela Gasso was and what she was about. Like, there's a video for it. The Nemesis video is probably one of my most watched music videos. I did end up watching ever.
1: (laughs) Because I was, like, after I listened to the whole record and already had my opinion about it, I wanted to to watch a video. And that was one of the videos I watched.
0: So, would that have been the first time you saw what Angela Gasso looks like?
1: I don't think so. Like, maybe at some point a couple years ago,
0: I might have watched an Arch Enemy video that I don't recall. But I guess I would go into this now. I have it in my cleanup notes for after the end. But they switched up vocalist, right? Angela Gosso resigned from being she stepped down in twenty fourteen. Okay. But she remained the band's manager. Oh wow. Wild. So that's why in the interview with Johan Leva, he was talking to Angela because she was the business manager. So he she had to set up the band meeting with oh, him. Wow, crazy and she, and Angela actually brought in Alyssa White gloz I'm probably saying that wrong but <laughs> she was a Cana- she's the the lead vocalist of the Canadian band The Agonist and I don't know if you've ever listened to The Agonist but no. they're pretty pretty wild too and she's she's phenomenal vocalist too okay but it's just it's just really interesting that you that like this one band who didn't even have a female vocalist at the beginning of their run brought in one of the greatest for what was she 14 years. And then she brought in another amazing female vocalist. Right. It's just, like, where are these other female vocalists that aren't getting the recognition because <laughs> they don't have the opportunities. Like, that's, yeah. what, that's what I want. Give me all those.
1: Right. I think I, I remember hearing, maybe not hearing or reading something about arch enemy, switching up vocalists and having mm. a new female vocalist, probably at the time that it happened.
0: I would imagine it's just, it is wild that she stayed on as a manager though. But yeah, that is, that is super crazy. That just shows you how much of the band she is, I guess. You know what right, I mean? Right, yeah. Because I think the only, eh, I think, the, I know Michael's still in it, obviously. And I think the drummer might still be in it also. Okay. But they've all like also done their own side projects and shit too, which is. Right, wild. yeah, yeah. Sure. There's, I read somewhere that I think Michael and Johan Leva reunited with, I think the the drummer and they did like a side project called Black Earth, which was the name of Arch Enemy's first album that had Johan Leeva singing on it. So it's just a wild crazy, Yeah, Just a wild community over there.
1: Next track, My Apocalypse. There's this amazing kind of choral sound before the chorus that sounds super cool. That clean guitar break was so unexpected. Kind of reminded me of something that would come from Master of Puppets. To end with that sound was all I needed. Great ending
0: to that track. I don't have anything like to add to any of these. Right. Like I I love every one of these tracks and it's really something that's hard to get across. You couldn't really explain this to somebody. Mm -hmm. You could try, but the sound that they format sounds so large for what you would expect it to be. And I, I guess that's the same sound that Metallica has. Like they're they're just a very large sound.
1: Right. I think and I think that's what's bringing me back to that Metallica vibe, just the huge, huge sounds. And then the switch ups a little bit, like I said about my apocalypse, like it it tones it down for a second, and that kind of reminded me of Metallica a bit. And yeah, but it came
0: back and really good. I really liked it. And just the precise, flawless drum work, right? No oh God, don't, don't start <laughs> in on that. <laughs> I mean, that's what anytime I hear precise followers drum work, I think of Metallica, right? I thought not, that's what we all did.
1: Not at all. Carry the cross. The next track. I'm feeling super comfortable in this record. I like that sound.
0: I feel the same way with this track too. I feel carry the cross like the way it starts with the. There's a name for that kind of picking and whatever's going on, but I, <laughs> I, I like it. I yeah. like it a lot. Uh, it's a great mix of heaviness and thrashiness.
1: If I didn't know any better, I probably wouldn't have been able to pick out that the vocalist is female and the guitarist. I, I said I didn't know it was two. So I said the guitarist is phenomenal.
0: But seeing that it's two, they are both phenomenal. Yeah, they're both just shredding together. It's insane. Yeah. Like it makes it sound so much bigger because it's it's two guitarists playing the same exact fucking thing over top of each other. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> that. I love that. It's a great layer. And it's a layer that that can be done. In just layering in a studio, but it but it, sounds... it doesn't it doesn't sound the same. It doesn't sound no. right. It sounds you much it larger studio. when it's two guys with the same blood in their body. <laughs> in my head, them being brothers makes it better. I don't know it, why it just makes it, it better. <laughs> it has to. It has to. I am Legend, Out for Blood. This song
1: lyrically is what nightmares are made of. Musically, I love it. But you weren't you weren't into the nightmare induction. I was just like, holy shit, this is this is dark skeleton dance i love how this track comes in everything about the intro is phenomenal opening riff is great the guitar work on this song is amazing at a certain point in this record i forgot the band has a female vocalist that's kind of a running theme for me on
0: this because i see that like yeah it just doesn't like i always forget like mid-song and not saying that it not saying that it even should matter no it doesn't because she is you know so good at what she does in a, in a traditionally male dominated. Yeah. 100%. Like I would forget
1: about it. And then I'd remember and I'd be like, it would take me by surprise (laughs) all over again, like every single song and just be like, wow, she is just amazing at what she's
0: doing. I had her poster on my wall. Yeah. She's phenomenal. I had a poster of her right beside a big poster of Brody Dale. (laughs) Is that distillers? Yes. Yes. That's what I thought. Have you I listened never, to Silas' record?
1: I not a whole record. I think I listened to like a track or two.
0: Mark it in the books, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is the first episode that I'm able to put something <laughs> on the list before Scott can.
1: <laughs> Hybrids of Steel. The way this started off, I would have been disappointed if it wasn't an instrumental. Sounds like it should be in a Guitar Hero game. Very Joe Satriani feeling. I don't know if you've ever listened to Joe Satriani.
0: Never to like an extent that people who are fans of Joe Satriani would, <laughs> Right. but I've definitely heard like a a satri because it's kind of like a a toned down. And I'm gonna pronounce this wrong. Uh, Yingwei Malmsteen, yeah, yeah. Like Yingwei Malmsteen is just kind of shredding nonstop, whereas Satriani's a little more. He's a little more structured musical. about it. Yeah. yeah, structured might be the yeah. <laughs> Yes. yeah so i definitely got that feel for this song this song soars immediately like yeah it's it, like it makes you feel like you know those slingshots at the beach <laughs> yeah like you sit in it and you don't wait until it snaps it feels yeah. like it's it releases you and you just it's that instant up in it's that instant that you get released and you're just like oh ah. Like, I could see that first note being played when Spider-Man shoots his web and, like, does the, the, the old, like, leap <laughs> right. forward. Yeah. It's that sound. It's, and, yeah. it's, it, and then it just keeps you flying through the air. It This stuff is... It's played at such a height. It feels like it's played above buildings. Like, it doesn't feel like a right. be ground level. Yeah. You're
1: definitely a soaring hawk. Yes. <laughs> Next up, Mechanic God Creation. The song gives me strangely familiar vibes. It might be from the... Egyptian sounding guitar part, kind of reminding me of what the Offspring used to do. I'm also getting some Pantera, Dimebag, Daryl vibes, and it didn't seem like it was six minutes long. Like it, it seemed shorter than six minutes. That's
0: hundred percent where I'm at with that
1: because you yeah. know a six minute long song. I saw, I saw the time on this track, and I was like,
0: this is instantly not going to be his top three song. I mean, I can tell you it's not. <laughs> it's not. On a top yeah, point. I know. <laughs> but no, it doesn't feel nothing on this album feels longer than that's that's my wrap up four minutes yeah nothing on this nothing on this record this record itself doesn't seem as long as it actually is no because i think it's moving at such a pace that it feels like you're moving faster
1: yeah i think it's all the switch-ups musically in the songs that keep it moving what feels feeling fresh yeah Machtkampf. kampf this feels like some kind of crazy revenge type song and i really dig it
0: well Ma- Macht kampf man german yep <laughs> in in german it, it means power struggle so that's okay. kind of when i learned that that meant power struggle because i by the way whenever i got this album the first time i had to look it up to make sure it wasn't nazi shit because I, <laughs> right. I wasn't trying to be into like that but when I hear that it means power struggle, I hear like the guitars fighting with each other. I, I, lo- I mm. love this track for that reason.
1: Yeah. And then the last track, Slaves of Yesterday, kind of lacking in lyrics, but musically it sounds great. Kind of power metal-y feeling. Yes. This is the one where I, when I was looking up the lyrics to each song, this one really didn't have a whole lot going on lyrically. But the music was
0: phenomenal. So what are your top three tracks on this thing?
1: Number three is "Carry the Cross." Love that track. Song's
0: great. I will say that is my that's my number three anyway. Also, I'll just throw it because you said three, so we're the same on that one. Okay. Uh, yeah. Number two, not on your list, I don't think. "Mechanic God Creation." It's, it's not on my list. Yeah. but Again, <laughs> I like I love every track on this album.
1: Yeah, I had that comfortable feeling all throughout that track, and it just yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And then uh, number one is "Skeleton Dance."
0: oh okay i didn't see that one coming but solid yeah that one that one just had me my top three and i only said my three was your three just because of where Mm -hmm. it's at is the entire run of the three just nemesis my apocalypse and carry the cross okay those those three tracks just just beater after beater after beater like they are just destroyers and i love all three of those tracks yeah super good and there's moments all over this thing that I could be like, wow, I love that moment. I love that moment. Yeah, I love yeah. that moment. Right. But that probably lends itself to like the switching that you were talking about. Like, yeah. It just switches around.
1: I said, I wrote that down in like my, my ending. This album doesn't seem nearly as long as it actually is. I think that might be why you like it more than I initially thought. All of the stylistic switches may have helped with that. Probably. Because throughout <laughs> throughout each song, there's two three switch ups that just kind of oh we're on this path now
0: nope we're going right back oh nope there look at that squirrel yeah and that's that was <laughs> where especially in 2005 that's where my musical identity was was i needed i needed to get kept i needed to get held or i wasn't interested right and yeah, yeah that's 100% it maybe that, that is 100% why i love this album so much is because it does keep me entertained as well as uh, impressed
1: yeah it's super impressive. I did have one thing. I kind of selfishly wish that Hybrids of Steel was the closer so we could okay. bookend it with
0: instrumentals, but that's just me. Bookend test-wise, we have Enter to the Machine to Slaves of Yesterday. Enter the Machine, like you said, instrumental. It opens it up nicely. Yeah, It's hard to see it as anything more than... I don't see that as an entire first chapter. I see that as just the very well-designed giant letter of the first word. <laughs> oh yeah. Gotcha. But it works for what it is. I like it. It's fine. Yeah. And then yeah, the end, I, I would actually probably put Mach as the last out last track, maybe just because okay. I hear that fighting with itself. Mm-hmm. And once it, we get to that, I feel a kind of a disconnect of the album because I feel like it's already fighting with itself as much as I love that. Mm-hmm. I I don't hear a cohesion after an album fights with itself. So like if it fought with itself and then it's back to Slaves of Yesterday for the Close, doesn't really work for me. But it does work for me because I love the fucking album.
1: Maybe if we switched up Mach Comp and Slaves of Yesterday and threw Hybrids of Steel on the end of both of those, where it's that soaring sound afterwards.
0: That would feel like an end credit scene. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. I don't know if Skeleton, Skeleton Dance into Mechanic God Creation, how that would sound though. Oh but, yeah, you know, that's a that's something different.
1: It's a whole another ball game. Yep, <laughs> and that's why we don't make up the track listing on these records. No, but I did listen to this. Thing on
0: Sh- I did listen to this thing on shuffle a couple times this week. So yeah, and I I, I listened no to it a bunch this week just because I liked it so much. I love to hear it. I've looked for this thing on vinyl before, and I don't. I think it's all european like you got to buy it from somewhere in europe but then you yeah, have to cost double the price to ship it home yeah yes so i guess i gotta ask you the question then just yeah like, i just i just admitted that i'm trying to own it Skull, yeah. arch enemy's doomsday machine thrown own or grown
1: uh definitely own it i would possibly thrown it as far as female vocalists go okay just because she's phenomenal as far as metal
0: female vocalists go I really wish I would have enjoyed that spirit box album last year more, because if I would have enjoyed it more, I would have brought it to you because I think you would dig it, but I didn't, I I just didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. And I didn't enjoy it as much as a lot of people did. I was going to say it's on a whole lot of top, List top tens it's on top yeah. tens everywhere and well, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not good but it yeah. just it didn't give me what i was expecting I, I think it was number two on the state of the scene end of the year list i think you would dig it but it just okay. didn't impress me the way i wanted because i knew i was familiar with like her work and mm-hmm. individual tracks but then okay. i to that album and i love the ambitiousness of it like i mm-hmm. can hear it i can hear what's trying to be done and every bit of it, I'm like, this is an incredible piece of artwork. It's just not what I wanted at the time. Like maybe if okay. I revisit now, it'll be exactly what I want. But right. at the time, I was listening to some weird stuff, so that may have affected it <laughs> <at> all. <laughs> well, maybe I'll give it a listen and,
1: and let you know. But uh, it wasn't anything on my radar at all. Even though, it, yeah, I actually I think it wasn't on my radar because it was super hyped. Like everybody was hyping up that record,
0: and I was just like, oh, it can't be that good. Yeah, that may have been the problem for me, too. Like, maybe yeah. it was hyped up so much, I listened to it and expected a lot more. But it was good. It just didn't blow my socks off like I thought it was going to. Right, right. So a little cleanup here after you threw this in the own category. Yeah. Uh, after releasing two more albums with Angela Gosso, she stepped down in 2014, as I said, to remain the band's manager. And then she welcomed new vocalist Elisa white of The Agonist into Arch Enemy. They then put out two more albums with her, and they have one more coming this year. Oh, cool.
1: That's so cool.
0: Arch Enemy still very much around. Arch Enemy still very much a band and still powerhouses, in my opinion. Awesome. I'll have to listen to something with the new vocalist and see if I like her as much. I, I mean, she's phenomenal, mm-hmm. but it's also very much still Arch Enemy. Other than this album, Scott, Doomsday, you said you listened to this a lot this week. What else were you listening to? Uh, record of the Week this
1: week. I, I took it back quite a ways uh, and listened to the self-titled record from Third Eye Blind a lot this
0: week. So that's why you asked me about Third Eye Blind this week.
1: It, I think we were listening and heard a track off of Emily's Pandora while we were driving to get dinner one night. And I was like, oh man, I kind of miss Third Eye Blind. Is
0: that the album with Jumper? Mm-hmm. Was there any other hits off that album? There was like five hits off that album. All right. Are there any hits I would have known off that album? <laughs> Probably. Because as far as I know, Jumper is the only song by Third Eye Blind that I think I know.
1: There's... At least one more song that I think, you know, Semi-Charmed Life. Oh, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, definitely that track. Then
0: How's It Gonna Be is the other big one that they had. I don't know if I know that one. I think I like those other two Third Eye Blind songs, but I don't know. If you eventually bring me an album, I'll be interesting to know how I feel about a whole album of that. We might get there. I'm
1: thinking about it, but this is the only Third Eye Blind record that I know at all. Okay. I don't know why I stopped with their self-titled and just was like, okay, that's enough for me. Have they put a lot of, are they still together? And yeah, they just came out. They're coming out with a new one this year. I think, oh. I think I saw that when I was looking, cause I was looking up the rest of their discography and what happened? There's one to coming out. I feel like they were set to be big. What happened? They just stopped. Uh,
0: they, I think they stopped putting out singles, like huge singles. Are the Goo, Goo dolls still together? Cause in my head, third eye blind and the Goo, Goo dolls are, Time, very somehow. similar
1: i don't know if they're still together
0: they had a whole wild career
1: before they got big though who the goo-goo dolls mm-hmm. they had like three records before they had four records before uh their big record came out
0: iris might be the only goo-goo Dolls song i know oh man i might end up giving you a goo-goo dolls uh record then oh i've definitely never listened to a full goo-goo dolls record i promise you that I i might throw that on the list then well, couldn't make it through a whole fucking episode without you putting <laughs> something on the list. Well, that was your own—that was your own fault. That was... I talk myself into a corner every time. You—you you totally do. I—I I will direct a conversation down a dead end. I see where it's going, and I still gotta be <laughs> like, "Never heard of that. Never listened to that." My record of the week is the newest offering from a Mister Two Chains. Dope don't sell itself is the name of the record. It's very quick. It's only like twelve tracks, I think. It, there's like two skits on it. Oh, okay. It's two chains being two chains. It's opulent. It's 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 in your face, but it's also sounds like you might be taking a nap. I love <laughs> oh, everything wow, okay. about two chains. If I were to say anything negative about it, there's like not a lot of cohesion. Like you go from track to track, and it's just like, yeah, this is a good two chains track, but it sounds so much different than the last track. Oh, Okay, well I, that's kind of the way the world is going now. Yeah, yeah, like, you just throw so much different variations on everything. Yeah, I get well, it, but
1: even starting in 2005, like we t- just talked about. Mm-hmm. Singles were huge. Records were not so much. Yeah. It was kind of the start of the singles taking over. And now with TikTok and everything, singles
0: are what makes the world go round. But it's also wild that, like, the singles are still made to sell whole albums. I mean, other, unless you're a Drake or a Justin Bieber who. Yes, that one single was gonna get you a lot of streams, but that's the only way you're gonna make money off a stream. Like they don't make yeah. money off of streams. No. It's insane. Did you see that uh I think it was T Payne who did a whole thing about how much you get paid per stream and stuff? Like it's Oh insane. no, I didn't.
1: I imagine it's like a fraction of a penny per stream. Oh yeah. It's
0: it it was wild. Have you listened T Payne? Have you listened mm-hmm. to that album Epiphany? Nope. Not a single T-Pain record. I have never gotten your opinion or found out how you feel about like over the top sexual R&B rap. It may be a weird situation a whole week where we get into a T-Pain record and it's just him talking about licking a girl's stomach in a whole track. Oh, Lord. So we've covered this week's album. Yep. Doomsday Machine. Yeah, super good. We've covered our individual records of the week. Yep, we did. So then the only thing left to do is for you to tell me what we're listening to next week. Yeah, so next
1: week is special, at least when this, this episode goes live. My son's 13th birthday is coming up, and he requested us listen to an album for him and do an episode for him.
0: And that means he's coming on to fight over his opinions. No,
1: he, he will not be fighting. He wanted us to listen to the newest record that we have covered on this show. Oh, it came out last year. Wow, that is new. It is Weezer's second record from 2021, Van Weezer.
0: It's the Van Halen one. I thought I that the one I thought was a Van Halen record. Yes, yes
1: it is. And he is completely prepared
0: for you to hate it. So, <laughs> okay, I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> Rob I'm glad he asked to be disappointed on his birthday. That's great. <laughs> I'm excited to listen to the album. I've never listened to a Weezer album. I know Beverly Hills, I yep. know Hash Pipe, and I think that's it. And those two songs are off the same record. So, and I've never listened to another Weezer song. So, which is crazy to me. This should be interesting because I, I, I don't, I don't know if I have an expectation of Weezer, but I also don't know if I don't have an expectation of Weezer. If that makes sense. The wild thing about Weezer is they kind of change up their styles almost album to album. So. If I don't hear a cover of Panama on this thing, I'm already voting it down. So you're not going to hear a cover of Panama. <laughs> then I'm out. I'm already mad. I'm already going to ground this thing. Oh man! No, I'm gonna, I'm excited to listen to Van Weezer. If for nothing else, I could tell people I'm listening to Van Weezer because I we think that's young. funny. It I think it's funny. a funny name. <laughs> and then after this, we're just going to go to a long string of like we're going to listen to the Foo Fighters disco album. Actually, now that I've listened to the Foo Fighters. I'm listening to that Disco album. I haven't listened to it. I kind of got scared. I'm going for it. I'm downloading it today.
1: I haven't listened to that, and I haven't listened to their latest record either, Medicine at Midnight, uh, the one that came out two years ago now, I think. I'm all right on that. But Disco,
0: I'm going to give a go. It's what I'm going to
1: (laughs) try. Yeah, I I don't even think I've heard a song off of that Disco album. Yeah, because they probably didn't have any singles. I can't imagine they did. I just know it's like very ABBA influenced,
0: I think. I need to listen to a new ABBA record, though. I heard that, was it. I heard that thing was fantastic. But this isn't the ABBA cast. We're not <laughs> talking about ABBA. Maybe no. I'll bring you an ABBA record at some point. That would be something you could do because I've never listened to ABBA. Have you ever seen Mamma Mia? No. What if I just brought you What if I brought you the Mamma Mia soundtrack without you seeing the movie? Just the soundtrack. You could do it. I've never seen the movie. so no, That would be so great. I went and saw the second one in theaters. That's how much I was into that. Uh, my mom
1: and my sister have, I think have seen both of those in theaters and then have gone to like the musical, the stage musical production. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Next week, Weezer's Van Weezer. Yes, sir. Um, follow us on Twitter at AYL pod. Yep. Find us anywhere. Podcasts are available. We're available everywhere. Podcasts are available. We're there. Drop us an email at are you listening dot pod at gmail.com. Did I get there it right is. It for once? Yeah,
1: you totally did. Oh,
0: <laughs> I, I, I botched that one every time. <laughs> uh, we have a Facebook group that the link will be in the show notes. You got Something else. You got anything to add, Scott? No, uh, no. Thank you guys for listening. Of course. Uh, thank you for being
1: a part of our, our podcast journey. We appreciate it. Uh, it's super fun to just sit down and talk to a friend about music. Uh, and it's, it's really really wild that people are listening
0: i agree it is it is wild even yeah. if it's even if it's like 60% that metallica episode that i have created villains <laughs> you you are the villain there's going to be times there's going to be a time at some point just because that metallica episode i'm going to be at like walmart talking to somebody <laughs> they're going to recognize your voice hey you hated master of puppets <laughs> and i'm gonna turn and it's gonna be an 85 year old man in a leather jacket in a scooter and i'm gonna have to get physical with this man <laughs> well it's a good thing that only
1: two percent of our audience is 60 plus so yeah they're both <laughs> the ones coming for me <laughs> they're looking for you they're gonna hunt you down
0: i just gonna have to change my voice i'm gonna start throwing it like a ventriloquist in my mouth. <laughs> scott thank you for the conversation
1: no thank you buddy and
0: um, are you listening? Are you listening? Chiodoses, chiodoses, chiodos, chio. Get out! we had We had meatballs for dinner.